What's going on, Dunces family? We are back with another episode of the Dunces podcast. It is myself, Jay, Isandro, who looks very tired, but what's going on, bro? You look kind what's of up, a, Jason. You look a little darker than usual, bro. Like, like, why don't you have just... any light on you? Elliot took the light. He moved. Oh, not, oh! Did you guys officially like move upstairs and stuff? He did. He abandoned me. Oh. <laughs> also, it's symbolic of my mood. I'm depressed because we're about to do a net podcast, you know? Yeah, that's something that we did not plan on doing. Uh, at least you didn't plan on doing. Uh, I kind of just came up with the idea, like, kind of right before we started talking. Uh, like, literally, when I mentioned it to you right before we started the pod, I was like, hey, you know what? Clippers can wait because that was going to be the original yeah. pod. But uh, we're still going to be. Well, it was on the spot, our... but it kind of marinated a little bit because of yeah. the events of the day. You being a Nets exactly. fan, it kind of just it sat with you. So yeah, it, it just it felt like I, I needed to get you know some things off my chest and just kind of you know see another person's perspective, a person that isn't a fan of the Nets, just a basketball fan. So I want to see that, and then I also want to get into my just being a basketball fan, not just a Nets fan. Uh, but we'll definitely get back to those uh, you know those clips or those videos on. You know, the entire NBA, we definitely have a lot more, but we definitely have a lot to talk about when it comes to the, to the rest of this team. So without further ado, though, let's get into it, Isandro. Uh The Nets are going through what we can say a disaster, I guess you can classify it as. Um, as we all know, Kevin Durant on June 30th decided to air out his grievances and say, hey, I want to get out of Brooklyn. Trade me ASAP. This is right before free agency started. Uh, but then uh, kind of just halted. Like there wasn't any traction, no movement, because the Nets were asking for everything that other teams had. Um, and it was tough because you have the one of the best players in the NBA, probably the best player in the NBA, uh, asking for a trade. So the Nets are obviously looking at it like, okay, we're losing one of the best players, if not the best player. So we need to get the best package, if not the best package, you know, back. And that's not really how these, these things work. But it gets even more complicated when you have a player like Ben Simmons on your roster where you might want to trade for a young asset on that rookie extension because to make the money work. But now you can't because you already have Ben Simmons. And for those who don't know, this is a whole other separate issue where a team like the Nets cannot have two players under that rookie extension because they traded for Ben Simmons. If they would have had him before, then it would have been a whole other issue. But because of that rookie extension, rookie max extension, they aren't able to bring in another player. So Bam Adebayo is clearly off the table unless Ben Simmons is traded. Then you have the whole Kyrie Irving dilemma where it's like he was on and off and then he decided to opt in. Now he says he wants to play even if KD isn't there. It's a whole big thing. Then today we come with the news that he reiterated his request that he wants to be traded unless Steve Nash and Sean Marks let go. Josai then publicly announces via Twitter that he is backing with his guys in Sean Marks and Steve Nash, which kind of opens the door to a Kevin Durant departure. A lot of things is what I just said right now, Isandro, but for you as a basketball fan, how do you feel about this whole situation unraveling? Is it good for the league? I mean, Twitter has been dry. Let's be real. So what do you think? How do you feel about it? I don't think it's good or bad, to be honest. I kind of just want a resolution, but it's still technically early on in the proceedings. So to expect that is kind of uh, naive. I guess we kind of just have to wait and see how things pan out. Um, but my mindset is, 
Like, they made some good moves. Like, yeah, like, you had your reasons, but to double down on it, KD, like, I don't I don't really understand it. It seems very – it seems like a very KD thing um, <laughs> because it's like – KD thing. Not many other superstars would do something like this, but, um, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm – I'm I – mean, like I said before, I'm over the situation. I kind of just want everything just – Kind of same, yeah. Already. Yeah, like I wanted, I wanted to be done with. As a Nets fan, I wanted to be done with. As a basketball fan, I honestly don't care enough about the Nets because the Nets will never be relevant. You know, it's 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 sad to say, but the Nets are, will always be the little brother to the Knicks. Even though, for the last twenty years, the Nets have technically had more success than the Knicks have, but the Knicks they're, they're such a storied franchise that as sorry as they are, as sorry of, of an owner that they have in James Dolan. There's still something about that atmosphere in New York, in, in the Mecca, than there is in Brooklyn. And it's it's not anybody's fault. It's just the way it is. It's like the Clippers and the Lakers. Clippers will never be the Lakers. And even if the Clippers have, you know, a better record these last five seasons against the Lakers, who is the more storied franchise? It, it's, it's the Lakers, hands down. Like, you know, yeah. so... When it not comes even to just storied franchises, just like who performs. Like Clippers yeah, have always been the, the clutch, little brother, and then, right? and then like you, you know, you find like a Kawhi and PG, and then what have they done? You know, their best right. chance came when you know Kawhi was injured, and right. it's it's kind of like a similar thing to the Nets Knicks situation, where it's like, yeah, the Knicks haven't really done much since the '90s, but what have the Nets really done? Like they they Ever. definitely, <laughs> I mean, they made it to the finals, <laughs> and then they got swept in the finals. It's like that's your peak, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's a it's a really weird situation, you know, being a Nets fan and just being a fan of the NBA, looking at at this team and how everything is is going about. But for KD though, I'm not mad at him at all. I, I think he has every right to be upset with with how they've handled the situation. But I think he's going about it the most professional way, and I'm putting air quotes here because he hasn't really gone to the media which, you know, most players do. Um, but he's he's kind of just – he's said everything internally. He's told Josiah straight up, it's either me or them. And I, I respect it. I love it. And I think every player should, should be able to do that. However, the Nets backed themselves up in this corner because they should have never given Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or any player for that matter, so much leverage. It's, it's not how the NBA works, and we know it. The only players to ever have – so much leverage to, to have so much say in their team because of the rosters they have made LeBron James and Michael Jordan, Kobe to an extent, but those two guys and LeBron and, and, and MJ, they did everything they could to make their team the best team possible. And they weren't general managers. They were players. They were players that had so much power. Now in KD situation and Kyrie situation, yeah, they prove things, right? But they prove things along with other superstars. KD won championships with other superstars. Now, do, do the Warriors win without KD? Probably not. But the K, the KD Warriors just, they were the best team in the league. Hands, like, there was no other team better than them. And then in Kyrie's situation, yeah, he formed. He, he performed in the clutch, and he, he balled out with LeBron. But everybody alludes that championship to LeBron James and the Cavaliers. It's not LeBron and Kyrie and the Cavs. No, it's LeBron James and the Cavaliers. So now these two guys coming into a into an organization thinking that, oh, they're going to change the culture. No, the, the culture was already changed with Kenny and these young guys. It, it changed completely. 
We became a solid team. Then you guys come trying to instill something that just wasn't there. The, the, the firepower that these two guys should have definitely had. Um, bringing in James Harden was the first domino to like completely destroy everything. We traded our whole core for one guy who played, what, not even a year and a half because of injuries and all that stuff. And yet we were still able to somewhat push the Bucks, the championship team Bucks, to game seven. And we were barely, barely there. Like we we could have we could have won that game if KD wouldn't have stepped on the line. But then we go and we think, are these guys even worth it? Like these guys are not worth it for your organization. The Nets cannot have, you know, this sitting on their on their backs because these guys are just so crazy. Like not crazy, but KD is going to do whatever he wants to do. Kyrie is going to do whatever he wants to do. But the Nets aren't about that. At least not these Nets. It's their fault from the beginning. They should have never given them so much, you know, air to, to just say whatever they wanted, to do whatever they wanted. And now, look, it's it's kind of affecting them in a really bad way. But that's my thoughts on it as a Nets fan. How do you view it as? How Do, do you think management kind of dug themselves in a hole? Or is it just Kyrie and KD, their connection was just too close where there was just nothing you can do as an organization? What do you think? I mean, it's really tough because, like, when talents on the level of KD and Kyrie come on your, like, come to your door and they they want to, you know, the two max slots, they want to go to you. They don't want to go to the Knicks. They want to go to you, right? It's it's hard to, like, turn that down and then you kind of just say here, like, blank check you know just you know write whatever you want on it you know the, yeah. the reins are in your hands uh you know hypothetically but and it, i mean it, it worked uh, it worked for you know a bit um but this past year as we saw like it was definitely and they knew this it was definitely not a long-term solution and we're, we're starting to see like how things have unraveled really um and the, the biggest thing is that they're like, yeah, they improved, obviously. Like, you're not going to turn on KD and Kyrie, but they had a good thing going with that culture, with with Kenny, with with D'Lo, with, um, with Spencer Dinwiddie. Allen. They, yeah. I, in my opinion, they probably should have built on that instead of completely tearing it down and getting rid of it. Because it's like, you guys made bad decisions, obviously. That brought you out of the mud. So, yeah, things can't stay the same, but you shouldn't have gone in such a completely different direction from yeah. what was working and what got you out of that situation in the first place. Yeah, it's it sucks because on the one hand, like you said, you're getting KD and Kyrie. Like, just the talent itself is just, of course you're going to do whatever you can to get those two guys, right? But then you're also, you built that culture and you just completely brought it down to the ground to get these two guys. And that's the thing, though. They, they didn't really do that at first. They had these guys still there. And they thought, okay, with this young core, plus KD and Kyrie, these guys can learn and play alongside each other really well. But then Dinwiddie gets hurt, and they just, okay, they panic mode. Boom, we got to trade for um, for Harden. And it's like, no, you, you didn't really have to trade for Harden. We all knew Harden was going to go to Philly anyway. Like, it was... It was bound to happen. The whole story was there in Philly. 
And for the Nets side of things now, they, they depleted everything. They, they got rid of everything. And then they go off and now they're in, in this whole situation. So with everything that, that's happened, whose fault is it really? Is it KD's? Is it Kyrie's? Is it Sean Marks's? Or is it Steve It's everybody's Nash? fault. It's just like a percentage of faults. It's everybody's fault, but it's like who who gets – this the much blame, blame. gets yeah. this is there even a most or is it like split even. evenly 25 25 25 would you say it's like one per like one group of people that like have most of the blame or is it like i can't you know, I, I, I can say i can say that Kyrie has a has a really big obviously sean marks steve nash obviously i don't think kd deserves much blame kd performed kd tried a lot in in and he he said all the right things he did all the right things while on the roster now everything that he's doing with this whole trade request again he's doing it the right way he went to the owner himself he you know his he brought his team with him he reiterated his trade request and he told them exactly how he wants these things to be done now is it fair to the organization no but at the same time the organization brought that upon themselves for giving him so much power so kd has done everything everything that's in his hands he's been able to do and I, I think I he think, gets some blame, though. I don't think so. I, I, I think can't, about I it, can't think see about it. it. Like, KD, like, you know, you hear all the things about him being soft, the cupcake, and I'm not leaning too far into yeah. that. But KD's kind of soft. Like, you see he's just going through the motions. Like, he just doesn't really show emotion. Like, I understand that he's, he does things behind the scenes. He does things the right way. But you ex- – like, if, if you're a top five player in the league, you yeah. expect them to have a voice and to, to really, like – be more influential you know kd was kind of just like yeah i guess oh we'll go for harden okay cool no but he oh, was we'll influential in Simmons. those things okay though. cool yeah like he he, he made he, that he, a point though yeah he could have been more vocal about things that he wanted to get done and not not to get done right right so i understand that maybe like yeah he would have thought yeah you know james harden you know let's make whatever Deep down, I feel like, and this is how it was at the beginning before the Spencer Dinwiddie trade, he didn't really want to go for hard. And he said, you know, I like I like this group of guys that we got here, whatever. And I think he even said something like that, too. And then I guess things changed with Spencer Dinwiddie. But yeah. he should have stuck to his guns. He should have been like, nah, I'm not going to do this. And it's not just him. There's other superstars in the league that have had that kind of blame. I mean, last year we saw it with LeBron James. I mean, I'm a LeBron yeah. James fan. Russ should not have been on that team. I understand that, like, management made the decision but you're lebron james and like no lebron had a lot to say with it yeah yeah yeah, exactly so that was a mistake on his part too so it's not just kd i'm not a kd hater other superstars have got you know deserve blame too but also it means that kd deserves some blame too like you are a factor in the way in the situation like the situation is the way it is now there are multiple reasons why that is the case and you are one of them in my opinion see i i I would i would say I would say yes to that, but not not 25, 25, 25, 25. I think it's more like KD deserves at least, no, at most, really, like 15% of it. Kyrie gets the other, right? Like, what is that, 35? And then 25 and 25 to Sean Marks and, you know, upper management. And then the coaching staff. I think Steve Nash was a horrible hire from the beginning. I love Steve Nash as a player. I think he's a good player development coach. But he's not a good head coach. We saw it. The the precedent that was that it's was like, that was yeah. there, it, no, he's not a good coach. Like, let's be real, bro. Like, it's, he made horrible. I'm decisions. like trying to think like the blame. I'm just trying to think like 
do we blame him or do we blame the, the, the factors around him? Because we knew he wasn't a good coach, but so did management. And they knew that Imi Udoka and Mike D'Antoni were kind of carrying that offense as well as the, the three superstars that they had. And once those guys yep, went, that was my they next kind point. of exposed Steve Nash. Yep. So, yes, the fact that he got exposed, like, yeah, you don't have your boys, your your assistant coaches who are actually, yeah. you know, really good head coaches. Um, they're carrying you, but now they're not there anymore. Uh, but at the same time, it's like people knew this. It's kind of like I I know – something and i don't do something about it and then that thing happens it's like oh man that sucks that that thing happened it's like well you knew that was the case you knew it was going yeah. to happen or you knew that that was the way it was so it's kind of a little bit on your on your part too it's like you probably should have done something about that like it should not have gone to this point well the, again that, that's why I, I give a lot of the blame to, to management like what what point why would you more go to management him? than steve definitely yeah wh- why would you go well no because then once it became no, steve more, like yeah. like when once steve became the head coach he kind of the cards that were dealt with to him were who Kyrie Irving, KD, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, and and I get it, DeAndre's just trash, right? But you know, Claxton, you had you had solid pieces around you that you could have definitely worked with, but Steve Nash just didn't work it and and incorporate it the way that he should have, and he knows it. He messed up a lot and a lot look, of look, a lot of look. This past season, th- did you watch the playoffs? Lam- you're telling me Lamarcus yeah. Aldridge, though, though the Celtics definitely were the better team. Oh, that's that's you know. Not count them out, right? But you're telling me LaMarcus Aldridge couldn't have played a single minute in any of those games? Like, LaMarcus would have been a slight difference compared to these other guys you decided to put in. Like, like it, it just didn't make any sense to me. It, I, th- there were certain rotations that he would put out there, and I'm like, bro, like, you know that that does not work. Like, why are you putting that that duo or that 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 five-man rotation out there? Like, what's the point of it? You know, like, like there was just so many decisions. Blame, you can't blame a bad coach for being a bad coach. You can fire him for being a bad coach, or you can tell him to step up, but you can't blame him and then keep him around. That's where that's where the fault lies. I guess, I guess, yeah. So, like, you, you, so what you're saying is like 35 percent with management and 15 percent with Nash, kind of like what I said with KD and Kyrie. All right, so let's see. KD is KD is 15. Nash is like. 25 how much we got that's 40 that's 40 right there so 30 and 30 between Kyrie and management i Damn. feel like that's fair yeah i guess what do you I think guess you can say that yeah I, I mean i i i would say Kyrie definitely deserves a lot of blame too uh not because of the vaccination thing that that was in fact we should get five that's part to, of to it New though that is we should because get, we should get five like you're getting paid yeah. millions to play basketball right but but i also we talked like, about that already. yeah at the end of the day like it, it's your decision right but you're right. Like there, there's certain sacrifices that you probably should make, especially if you're doing it for the benefit of of your team. You know, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for everybody around you. That includes KD. That includes management. That includes these people that paid you, you know, millions, and millions of dollars, right? But Kyrie deserves a lot of the blame because the whole Harden thing, the way that the fact that you know the, the rift, it was all because of Kyrie. He's never available. That's it's, that's really. I mean, that that's you know, the rift is part of that. But from his like his whole career, but basically his entire Nets career, he's never available. K- KD was out; he tore his Achilles. Kyrie was out a good portion of that season too. Yeah. Not even because he he like got a major uh, like a major like knee ligament injury. Nope. It was uh, injuries, you know, that kept him out. Yeah. Same thing with the Celtics that that played better without him. So you know, shockingly, yeah. it's like he's never available. Twenty fifteen. Right. 
You know, if anybody wants to put an asterisk on that Warriors ring, when are K-Love and, and, and Kyrie ever healthy? Right. You know, it's like it's such yeah. a big deal. It's like, yeah, Kyrie's one of the best players in the world when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. And the the vaccination thing was a big deal, not because he wasn't trying, he wasn't going to be vaccinated, but because K Kyrie was actually healthy. It's like you're never available, and when you actually are, you're still not available. That's yeah. why it's such a big thing, you know. Yeah. No, I I I'm all I I I understand where you're you're coming from. But I also look at it from from a, a human perspective. It was unfair to Kyrie. Let's let's keep it above. It was unfair. Now, as a basket like basketball, when it comes to, to hooping and to straight, you know, playing on the court, it was unfair to your teammates. It was unfair to KD. It was unfair to your your, your management, your coaching staff. At the end of the day, we all know Kyrie doesn't care about anybody but himself. Let's let's be real. He doesn't care. And he can, and 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 when it comes to balling, like he's nice. He's, he's the best. Best one-on-one player in the league, like no question about it. Like he's that good. Kyrie, Kyrie could be on Steph's level if he wanted to be, but he just doesn't want to be, right? Like that—that's how good I think Kyrie Irving is. But because of that whole thing that went on, he definitely deserves a big chunk of the blame. But I'm always gonna go to how management handled the situation, allowing these guys to do whatever the hell they wanted. It, it was really unfair to the Nets organization. And to Nets fan base, which honestly feels like it's non-existent because you don't hear any Nets fans out there in the world. It's like being a, I don't know, like a Timberwolves fan. Like, who's a Timberwolves fan? Shout out, my boy, Ariel. But now, with all this being said, with everything going down now, do you think this is worse than the KG Paul Pierce trade? Or do we still have to see what happens with KD? But I'm just talking the situation. You think it's going situation? Nothing's ever gonna, nothing is ever gonna top that because that was generational. Because it was like it was unprecedented what they did, and something like that would never ever happen with the front office ever again. Well, even if a front office isn't competent, they're gonna look at that trade. But no, this is different. Rudy Gobert will actually make a difference on that team. Yeah, he's not probably not gonna make them contenders, but you're getting. Like you're comparing a Rudy Gobert trade where you're giving away your future, which isn't good, to you're giving away your future, but you're also not winning anything now. You're not even relevant now. Yeah. Like they, the most they got was a top five seed. You know, they were like a fourth or a fifth seed for like two seasons. And yeah. KG, the year after he got traded, started averaging like nine and six or something like that. And then yeah, Paul Pierce I remember, I remember. got traded to like, played... it was bad. I mean, I mean no. even a So, yeah, like, Paul Pierce played. only played for a year. And, then and Jason out. Terry, too. Let's not forget about that. He was, he was old as heck. Like, he was there for like a month and then he left. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad, it was a bad team. I remember. Horrible. It was such a bad trade. Such a bad. So, nothing will ever top it in terms of not what you're giving, but what you're getting in return. Anytime somebody in the future is going to trade something, yeah, they're going to get at least something. It's like, oh, you're overpaid for Bradley Beal. Yeah, at least it's Bradley Beal. It's not a. 37 year old, yeah. 35 year old, you know. Um, but what was the, what was the question? What'd you say? Basically, it was, will it be worse? Which you kind of answered. You said no. Uh, um, nah, but the situation nah. itself is, is anything going to top this? No, really? No, no it's not going to be because that, that, that was literally rock bottom. This isn't going to be rock bottom because you have Ben Simmons, and even if he's not going to be the same Ben Simmons that we we've known from before, maybe due to injury, yeah. he's still going to keep. He's still going to be nice, and you have. How do you think he feels assets. about it? 
How do you think he feels about I this? I really do not think he cares. I just think he's just throwing his hands up in the air because because he can't complain because the Philly situation was one hundred percent all him. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was all him. So now he's here. He he can say like, well, I'm in another situation. Woe was me. It's like, well, my brother in Christ, you literally were the reason why you were in that situation last time. So you can't right. complain about last time. This time, I guess you can say things aren't really, you know, falling into your lap. I'm sorry if you're entitled, which I heard, you know, he ha- he he does feel entitled sometimes. That. Right. Yeah. But he, you saw what he put. Po- I mean, we, we all saw what he posted the day KD. Yeah drop the request he was like he was just chilling like he really right. does not care he's gonna get yeah. paid he's gonna ball out he's still young and maybe this will you know either way for him actually if things you know do hit rock bottom they can reset and they can build around him and then which is what i think they should do him. they should definitely do that. I mean, what you've been saying for years exactly I've, yeah i've I'm always been a ben Simmons. you know i've always loved him and i i feel like he's going to do great with our team but with with that being said we're definitely going to get into this roster in a few few days, maybe in a few weeks. Hopefully by training camp, KD is traded. But do you think that with all this, with this KD trade request, does Kyrie Irving have to be gone too? Or is it just a one-year rental and then just let him go after? Like, What do you think? Yeah, honestly, it doesn't really matter if he stays or goes. I mean, I think I said this in a previous pod. Like, he could play out the last year. It really does not matter. Like, they don't need to get rid of him. They don't need to yeah. keep him. It, it does not matter. Um, it would be ideal if they got rid of him because then that means you're actually getting something back. But, but at again, this point, they're kind of just, like, giving up. Like, it is what it is now. Like, throw your hands up. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Because even if you don't get anything for him, he's going to be off the books. That's a headache off of your chest. Like, a weight lifted off of your chest. Even though he is a very good player, the problems that come with him, definitely do not like it doesn't suit the nets yeah they don't it's, need this right now they have other things to deal with it's tough it's tough being in this position if you're uh if you're in the nets organization if you're if you're just a fan of the nets and if you're a fan of the nba you're loving this because like i said twitter has been dry the the most recent thing we saw was what paolo Bancaro and and dejounte murray beefing even though they're yeah. both from seattle it, it, weird <laughs> but it's it's it, it makes, makes no it made it made for some good content for like a, a second. Like Dejounte, why are you beefing with a ro- like? He's not even rook- a rookie. He hasn't even played a single NBA well, game yet. Calm I, down, hey, bro. Listen, I get it though, because Paolo was talking a lot of trash, talking about I'm the number one pick, and Dejounte's like, nah, bro, like it's my league. It's not really his it's, league, it's, but like, it's, like it's in like really Seattle, not. like Seattle's. It's way, not like, even your team, brother. Like, like Seattle is, you know, like Dejounte is. Seattle, Jamal Crawford, you know what I mean. Whatever. Thing is, though, that was, like, the biggest thing up until this whole thing that, that went on. And shout-out Joe Sy, man. I love that he's not, like, yeah, like, you know, the, the you know, this is the players' league. No, no, no. He's like, listen, I, I, I got to do what's best for me and, and my team, right? Like, I don't care about you, KD. I don't care about you, Kyrie. I care about me and about my team. So whatever happens, I trust my management. As much as I, I would love for them to fire – uh, Nash, and somehow get Tyron Lue because I feel like he should have been our hire from the beginning. Um, but you know that would have been. It should have been any like, like anybody like with Nash. Saying, his his <laughs> assistant coaches were literally better head coaches than him. Yudoka. You literally Yudoka went to another team and Rocky start and led them to a, a finals berth. And he's done more in a year with a random team that Nash has and go, it's going to be his third year now. It's been two years. 
So it's yeah. like they could have up. They could have. How long was Udoko on that on that bench, by the way, before he went to the, the Celtics? I think he was just there for a year because he was in Philly before. That's what uh, okay. I, I remember. I remember when Udoko was hired. You remember? You remember what like what I said? Like I was like super gassed. Oh, you were hyped, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I and I think I think I mentioned it. I think I said he should have probably been our head coach. Like like if it's not if it's not Nash and it should have been Udoka. I said it. Jamie, <clears> pull that up. Damn it, mm-hmm. man. Fucking hate life right now. But with that being said, Isandro, that's where we're at. We're geez, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. This is the Nets. Something bad always happens with them. I know it. I've been a Nets fan all my life. What can I say? Um, but with that being said, we're definitely going to get into way more videos uh, this upcoming week. Stay tuned still for that non-sports. It will be posted. If not this week, then definitely next week. Just have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we have a lot of ideas also for the podcast. So I'm trying to scramble doing a bunch of stuff. So I'll definitely try to have it edited by at least this week. Definitely posted by next week. But hopefully we can get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, but for now, please like, subscribe, and hit the like button down below. Shout us out to all your friends, families, cats, dogs, brothers, and sisters. And uh, listen to all our social media platforms. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. If you want to listen to us on our podcasting platforms, you're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcasts if you can think of. And we are out. Peace.